Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Well, what's going on? Your place churched. Come on, let's celebrate being in church today. Amen. Excited that you guys are here. Uh, we're going to welcome everybody online because this is a new reality, but it is, it is fun. It is fun having people because like Taylor said a while ago, man, this is hard doing this to like a camera per, you know, person, people, and like just a handful of people. But now that there's actually people in the room, it makes me just kind of relax a little bit. So it's good to see you guys. I'm glad you guys are worshiping with us today. And it's good to see you guys at home. Super excited that you guys are here with us as well. Uh, we know that several of you have chosen to worship at home still. We honor that. We, we commend that. Like, as long as you feel the need to continue worshiping at home, we're going to continue to provide all the resources that we have. In fact, we have actually purchased equipment. And so, for those of you who are watching online at home, you're going to see this experience continue to go up because now we've, we've realized that church online is not going away and that people really actually enjoy it. So we are, we're making purchases to upgrade our, our systems and stuff uh, to make that available. Also, if you're watching online at home, um, all of our kids' resources, I just wanna point to that real quick, they are still, we're gonna make those available through the entire month of May and really into June should this thing continue kind of in these phase category. Um, come on, can we give it up for Drew and, the, and, and his creative team that are making things happen? They are doing an excellent job. Uh, those, those guys, I mean, Drew's, Drew's writing scripts from now until June, I think. And he is really, he's dialed that piece up. We're excited about that. And then I just wanted to take a second and thank all of you who have continued to give uh, to your place, church, and to the vision and the mission of what we're called to do here. Typically, when there is a stress on the economy, um, the first thing that... Uh, that people tend to do is they tend to pull back on their charitable giving, but not you guys. Uh, you guys believe in the vision of what we're doing here at Your Place Church. When this thing first started, we implemented a, um, a budget based upon 20% reduction in our income. And the reason why we did that is because even if our tithers remain tithers, but they have less to tithe on, we would fill it somehow. Um, but I can stand on this platform today and tell you that over the last four weeks, we have not felt a dip in the income of your place, church. Come on, can we celebrate that? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And that's, that's because God is faithful and because of all of you who, uh, who continue to, to sow into the vision and mission of your place, church. Today, we're starting a brand new series entitled, What Now? Question mark right? What now? I mean, you know, this is not, I mean, if you ever wondered what a, what a, what a global pandemic would feel like, right? When you, when you thought about that, what we went through is not what I thought it would be, all right? And I'm not saying, I'm not downplaying it at all because like it was still, like it's still a deal and we're still navigating through it. But in my mind, if you look at Hollywood's rendition of what a global pandemic is, I mean, you see all kinds of scary things in Hollywood, right? It's like, oh my gosh, like, like post-apocalyptic scenes, you see fear and pandemonium, you see panic. 
And I do know that a lot of people are really, you know, really concerned, and rightly so, and that life, life is different now, post-pandemic. And again, you know, there could be argument on whether we're completely through it or not. Obviously, the numbers are still trailing. Um, but it wasn't what we thought it would be. We thought that there would be looters, you know what I mean? People busting into stores and hauling out, you know, food and, and like electronics and TVs, right? We thought there would be looting, mass hysteria, and instead, this is what we saw, right? We saw uh, homemade, homemade gas, you know, homemade masks, right? We saw this, and then this, this is looting today in America, right? People, people buying all the toilet paper, right? And I think there is some fear associated with this. And, and again, rightly so. Um, and I'm by no means downplaying the severity of what we've gone through. There is no doubt about it that the results that we saw could have been far worse than what they were. Um, but it's, I think we all can agree it's not, it's not what Hollywood depicted a worldwide pandemic to be, which goes to show us in life, we really have no idea what to expect. I mean, rarely do things turn out the way we think or imagine that they would. So I want to spend the next few weeks asking ourselves the question, what now? It hit. Okay, it hit. Um, the whole world was affected. People were forced to shelter in place. Um, air traffic, pretty much all air transportation was pretty much canceled. I just read something a couple of weeks ago that the last cruise ship carrying passengers was just now allowed to port and, and to unload their passengers after six weeks out at sea because no port would let them come in because there was, again, there was this, this concern that they were carrying this disease. And so finally, the last one, I think there were six of them that were still off the coast out there, just anchored out. Um, interestingly enough, the one I was reading about, they, it was a world cruise, right? They were cruising the world. And everybody who got on the ship got on before this became like crazy. And they actually didn't have any cases on that particular cruise ships. Now, I know that's not the case for some of them, but on this particular one, they didn't actually have any cases. So you can imagine all of those thousands of people are like, no, we're good. <laughs> we're good. We'll just, we'll just float off the coast here. But here's the question. What did we learn? What did we learn? How has life changed? And what do we do now? That's what we want to look at over the next few weeks during this series. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Father, we, uh, we stand here today grateful for your presence, grateful that you are a God who faithfully looks over your word to perform it. And Father, I know that we as a country are still navigating some of these waters here. Lord, we're not in the, we're not in the clear yet, but Father, our trust and our hope remains in you. And Father, as we look back over the last several weeks of our life as the human race, as a body of believers, as those who choose to follow you, Father, Lord, I think we need to ask ourselves some questions. And so, Father, I just pray for the Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me in the next few minutes here. 
Father God, that, that your spirit is here with us in the room as well as there uh, in the living rooms or in the kitchens, wherever they're watching the service. God, that you would lead us in this conversation, in this journaling experience, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, all in all, I'm really proud of America. I really am. In fact, a friend of mine sent me a post, and I'm sure if you're online, you saw the post, but I'm going to read it anyway. The reports are that truckers are getting supplies to the stores. People are stocking shelves all night and letting the elderly shop first. Carnival Cruise Line told Trump that we can match those big Navy hospital ships with fully staffed cruise ships. GM said, hold our cars and watch this. We can make those ventilators where uh, we were making cars starting next week. Women and children are making homemade masks and handing out snacks to truckers. Restaurants and schools said, uh, we've got kitchens and staff. We can feed those kids. Churches are holding online services and taking care of their members in the community. NBA basketball players said, hold our basketballs while we write checks to pay the arena staff. Construction companies said, here are some masks for the medical staff and doctors until they get some. Breweries are making sanitizer out of leftover ingredients. We thought we couldn't live without baseball, NASCAR, and NBA or going to the beach, restaurant, or a bar. Instead, we're trying to keep those businesses open by ordering takeout. And many are making a difference by just being still, a virtue thought to be lost. What the world didn't count on was America saying, hey, hold my beer and watch this, right? Come on, everyone, is that not true, right? Hold my beer, watch this. And I'm gonna be honest, I am super proud of you guys, I really am. Uh, you guys donated non-perishables. You guys donated clothes to our foster care outreach. You donated diapers and wipes. We handed out Easter eggs at a drive-up Easter outreach service. You figured out a way to do life online together. You didn't stop having your life groups. You just went virtual with them. You didn't stop meeting with your teams. You just went virtual with them. And I've even heard of one-on-one -on -one FaceTime in ministry that's happening that you guys just figured out a way, if we can't be together in person, then we're going to use all the tools available to us to continue ministry at your place, church. And then the one, one of my favorite things that wasn't even initiated by us, someone started these yard signs, right? I don't know if you're friends with uh, the YPC community page. But I think the hospitality team, it originated with them, they printed up their own signs that talked about being the one, right? And they started posting them in random people's yards that they knew that worshiped with us. Can I tell you, that thing was probably one of the best things that we did. And I say we, you did, because we had nothing to do with it. Tyra and I would sit at night and we would read some of those posts on the YPC community page. And we just, I mean, it brought us to tears to hear the stories of life change that has happened in people's lives as a result of worshiping here at Your Place Church. So well done, Your Place. Well done. We're excited about what, what God has done in you and through you over the last few weeks. But what did we learn? Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? I think that's a prayer that a lot of us are praying, like, how long is this going to last? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. The psalmist is teaching himself 
how to deal with tragedy and crisis as he goes through it. Are you with me, friends? That's how we learn. We learn how to deal with life as we go through it, as best as we can. What did we learn during this pandemic? I think if most of us would be honest, we learned that this thing took us by surprise. We weren't ready for a global pandemic. Well, my question to us is, what if it happens again? What if it happens again? Pastor Darren, are you saying this is going to happen again? No, I'm not. But I do know that we live in a fallen world, and I know that the earth itself is deteriorating. I mean, the Bible talks about that as time goes on. Like, this is just the results of sin in a fallen world world. So, what did we learn? I think one thing for sure, we learned a lot during this country. I believe should this happen again, I think we'll probably close the country faster. I think that um, suppliers will be more prepared, right? Uh, The fact that toilet paper was one of the first things to go. I'm going to be honest, that, that one took me by surprise, all right? I, I figured milk and bread, maybe some eggs, obviously some disinfectant. Like, I kind of expected that stuff to go, but toilet paper? I mean, really, I, I guess because we live on almost two acres, I thought we had enough leaves. We'd be okay, you know what I mean? You know what it was for us? For us, it was half and half creamer. That's what it was for us, okay? So we stopped drinking the French vanilla in our creamer because we're kind of trying to cut down on all the sugar. So we wanted half and half. My family bought me this espresso machine for Christmas, and I can make my own lattes and brevets, but you got to have copious amounts of half and half creamer. And every time I'd go to Walmart, I would be looking for half and half creamer, and they wouldn't have it. Friends, I'm going to tell you something right now. I got to the point where I would pay double price from a guy on the side of the road in a shady van, right? That's, that's how bad I wanted the creamer. I think we learned a lot in our society. I think we learned that, that social anxiety actually has two faces. There are people who can't be in crowds of people, but then there are people who, when they're isolated, it does not go well with them. And above all, I think we learn that God is faithful through it all. Can I have an amen, someone? God is faithful. And I think we learn that next time, should there be a next time, we'll be better prepared. It's who we are as the human race. We will be better prepared. But but what now? What now? I think we also learn that many of us weren't as ready as we thought we were from a faith and trusting God standpoint. I think we learned that now more than ever, it's critical to be a part of a church family. Amen, everyone? It's critical to be a part of a church family. God is not just an option. His word is life, and now more than ever, we need each other. Think about this, friends. I really believe God was preparing us for this as a community of believers. Go back to our October series. We taught in October, spent several weeks talking about faith. Then we went faith for healing. 
Then we spent several weeks on faith for finances. In January, we started a series on the book of James. The very first week of the series in the book of James, we read from James chapter 1, verse 2, which says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. See, friends, what you need to understand about, about God and be, about being a part of a community of believers, God is going to equip you with messages. This is why... This is why it's not okay just to come and sit in church and think, oh, well, that message is not for me. This message that God was dealing with us about in October was preparing us for what was going to happen in our world. Can you see that now? He said, count it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And we said this, why on earth would we count that a joy, right? Remember that series? Well, first of all, a trial may include a cataclysmic event like what we just went through, but more often than not, most trials that we face begin in our thoughts. And I think if we're being honest, our thought life has been the biggest battle that we have waged war with over the last several weeks. The word trial is not a thing. It's not an enemy. It's not an event. It's anything that wants to test your faith. So it's the first thought that comes to mind when something challenges you. It's whatever opposes your trust in God. And it asks the question, a trial, asks the question, are you really going to believe God, believe his word in this moment? That's what a trial does. And I think we've definitely grown. But if we're going to be honest, most of us, not all of us, most of us were not ready for this, for this experience. There's a moment when we woke up and we said, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. Before this happened, we were like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that was a good message, pastor. That's a good, that's a good word. I believe that. My faith is pretty strong. And then this, boom, and we were rattled because we had to stand on the word in real time. So here's my question I'm asking on week one of this series. Did your faith survive? Did your faith, did your trusting in God survive this? Or was it, did it waver? In fact, I would encourage you guys to begin a note in your mobile device, grab a journal, something that you can keep, something that you won't just toss away, and journal your last four weeks. Journal, journal your emotional state. Journal your faith level as we have navigated probably one of the most significant things that has happened in our lives so far. Journal your experience. Ask yourself some pretty hard questions. How did I handle this? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, examine yourselves to see whether or not you're in the faith. Friends, if you can be in faith, you can be out of faith as well. Then it goes on to say, test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. T 
test yourselves. We said this several weeks ago, knowledge of faith is not faith. Just knowing what faith is does not necessarily mean you have faith in his word. You have faith in God. If, if faith is believing, are you still believing? If you prayed for something and you didn't get the answer that you were expecting or as fast as you needed to come, are you still in faith? Did you grow closer to God during this, or did you just hit the pause button? You know, did you, did you just hit pause on your relationship with God and hit play on that series you've been wanting to watch because now you've got time to watch it? Did you hit pause in your Bible reading because, you know what, your schedule's all off anyway, and, you know, normally I get up early to do that stuff, but now I don't have to get up early and hit play in some other area of your life. I'll be honest with you, for the first two weeks of this thing, I hit pause. I hit pause because my schedule was all messed up. I thought this thing would last one, maybe two weeks. You know what I mean? And then we will be back to business as usual, and obviously that did not happen. In fact, recent studies show that being in isolation like this is actually really bad. Porn sites have shown a higher rate of online viewers. People are prone to addictions who, who were originally prone to addictions have now reverted back to some of those things. So, so social anxiety is at an all-time high right now. What was the hardest thing for you? As you look back and reflect over the last four weeks, what was the hardest thing for you, write it down, because what you're going to realize is whenever whatever happens in the future, if you can see how you responded over the last four weeks, it'll give you an indicator to be better prepared the next time something happens. Again, it's just the result of living in a fallen world. Life will happen. What was the hardest thing for you? I learned personally that the devil will use hard moments like this to deceive you. Like, an idle mind is the devil's playground. I, I heard Pastor Chris Hodges talking about this when he was uh, addressing some of these things. He said that even he and his wife um, would get snippy at each other. Like, they would argue about stuff that normally they wouldn't even argue about. And it was funny because I saw another interview with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and he said the same thing. Like, him and his wife, you know, they just got snippy with each other. I role-played conversations in my head with people that didn't even need to happen because an idle mind is the devil's playground. I had to shake myself back out of this. I, I hit pause, and I had to shake myself into my, because my system was off. I'm a structured kind of person. I had to, I had to shake myself and get myself refocused. What did you learn? What surprised you about you? Write it down. Write it down. In hindsight, what do you wish you would have done different? In hindsight, looking back, what do you wished you would have done better? Because now is the time to ask to better prepare yourself to respond differently next time. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 says, These things occurred as an example. 
to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Now, we know what they're talking about. This is actually talking about an experience that happened in the Old Testament when God set the children of Israel free, told them to go take the promised land in Numbers chapter 13. The Lord delivered Moses and the children of Israel from slavery, told them to go possess the land. Moses sends out 12 spies to spy out the land. In verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community in Kadesh in the desert of Paran. They uh, reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. Like, it's great, just like what God said, right? God told them, I'm giving you the promised land. In their mind, they thought They would show up to this land flowing with milk and honey. They would just start building towns and communities, and they would live there. They did not expect that when they got there, there would be giants living in the land. Verse 28 says, but the people who live there are powerful. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, it's really a land flowing with milk and honey. In fact, it's awesome. We'd all love to be there, but... People who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. What are, what are they doing here? What are, they, what are they saying? Well, Pastor, they're just being real. That's what they're doing. Like, they're saying, yes, God gave us this, but we can't get it. We can't have it. It's just too big for us. The question that I've asked before, and I'm going to ask it again, which side of the butt are we on? Yes, God gave us this, or but we can't have it. It doesn't really apply to us. Are you with me, friends? I'm not here to challenge social distancing or say that we should or shouldn't reopen our cities. That's up for the professionals to determine. This is not whether, about whether the numbers were exaggerated or if we all should be wearing masks right now. This isn't even to dispute how we handled this pandemic as a society. This is a moment where I'm asking us as a community of believers to look into ourselves by way of self-evaluation. Did your faith, at least as you thought it should be, stand? When it got real, did your faith stand? Or did you get mad at people because they didn't act or see the things that you see them, the way you see them? Did you allow the numbers to affect you, to affect your trust in God? This is the real talk, friends. The children of Israel came face to face with real life. We think that these are fictitious stories that some, you know, creative writer came up with. No, 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 no. This is documented history. 
This is documented history. When life hit them where they lived, they had two options. They could either continue to trust God or they could, they could wilt under fear. <clears throat> the children of Israel saw the fortified cities and said, we can't even go in. The children of Israel saw the descendants of Anak there. Do you know who the descendants of Anak were? They were kin to Goliath in the story of David and Goliath. Big, huge people. They allowed fear of what they saw with their eyes to paralyze them. Now, do not hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying that we didn't need to close our country. Did it help? Obviously. I am not saying that people didn't need to wear face masks. We passed them out at the door today. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we're overreacting as a nation. I'm asking the question, did your faith stand? Did your trust in God stand? Or did you find yourself slipping into fear? And again, the country, everybody will tell you, we should be afraid. We, this is serious. And it is. But so was occupying a land full of giants, but God still told them to do it and to trust him. Are you with me, friends? Did your faith stand or did you find yourself slipping into fear? Hey, listen, there is no condemnation about this. I told you, your pastor had his moments over the last few weeks. But it's what we do in these moments going forward that will make all the difference. You can do what's necessary in the natural and not be in fear. Trust me, every time I walked in Walmart looking for my half and half creamer and came out, I put hand sanitizer on my hands. I did what was right in the natural but did not walk in fear. <laughs> Side note, we never went without half and half, okay, friends? God provided our needs. We always had half and half. We always had heavy whip. I did not go without a latte over the last four weeks. Okay, friends, God is good. But here's what we do know. Fear will short-circuit your faith if you let it. So if we're going to be honest, some of us, we allowed this thing to get at us more than we thought we would. So what happens next time? What happens next time? And it may not be a, a virus. It, I mean, our country has seen terrorist attacks. Our country has experienced earthquakes, tornadoes. It could be something as simple as, and this wouldn't be simple to you if it happened to you, but you losing your job, your company closing, they, them phasing out your, your particular area. It could be you blowing an engine in your car. Life in general there will be next times, and the question that we're asking ourselves is, did our faith stand this time? And if not, then what do we got to do before next time? What did we learn? We need His Word. Faith comes by reading, hearing, and learning His Word. We need each other, and we need to build our faith now 
and not get lazy in our spiritual walk and stay ready. Friends, the best time to get ready is now, before something happens. Man, you don't want to start building your faith in the area of healing when you get the diagnosis. You want to be ready. You don't want to start building your faith in the area of finances, you know, when you lose your job. You want to be ready. Does that make sense? You know, we, we laugh because I actually have people, they, they came up and told me, they were like, they kind of hit and miss in the whole church attendance thing. And they were like, you know, you know, I, when, I, when we could come to church, I, I came sometimes. But the minute they told me I couldn't come to church, boy, I wanted to come to church. It's the same in this area. The minute that you don't, necessarily have to build your faith is the time you should. Are you with me, friends? Stay ready. That's what we've learned. We weren't ready, but we can be. Amen? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And Lord, again, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We're learning. We are learning, learning, learning as we're navigating through this. And Father, I pray that right now, as we all begin to ask ourselves these questions, as we examine ourselves, did, did our faith stand? Because God, really, it, it boils down to two areas. Either A, if our faith didn't stand, we, we either did not trust in your ability to do it for us, or we did not trust in our ability to actually trust you in this. That's really what it boils down to, Father. And Father, I just pray forgive us. Help us, encourage us, God. Let us grow. Let us continue to feed our faith. Father, we want to be those who are doers of your word. We do. As smart and as healthy as possible. God, we can, we can observe what they tell us to do in the natural and still not get into fear. So, Father, that's the way we want to be. And maybe right now, you're sitting there. You could be watching from home right now. And you could honestly say, I, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just want to invite you today. If you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, I just want to lead you in a prayer right now. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So I'm just going to invite all of us to, to pray this prayer out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, right now, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me and to rise again. Jesus, I invite you to come into my life to make me a brand new person. I'm choosing today to spend the rest of my life in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.